Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month, I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Welcome back to Simple Pleasures. This episode is one I've wanted to record for a while, but wasn't sure where to start. It felt a bit embarrassing, if I'm honest. There was a shame attached to it. Like at 32, I shouldn't feel like this anymore. But I have, I do, and will continue to throughout my life. Because it's part of human nature. Loneliness. That feeling that we all feel at certain points in our lives, but that we so rarely talk about. And the kicker here is that the not talking about it plays into the isolation loneliness wants you to feel. So today, I wanted to share my experience with you. From those big crashing waves that hit you on a Sunday night in December, to the nagging tug on your sleeve at a party where you feel like you don't belong. Let's talk about it. And I hope by doing so, that by the end of the episode, you feel a little less alone in it. I've spoken before about the magic I found as a child in daydreaming. But still, talking about my imaginary family makes my toes curl in embarrassment and makes my eyes wince instinctively. But it's important, because I think I've felt lonely throughout my life, like I was waiting to meet my people. And as a child, that looked like creating an imaginary family in my mind that I could escape to. The family I dreamed of wasn't perfect, but that was exactly the appeal. It meant I had a space to show up imperfectly, to indulge in imaginary fights and say all the things I was thinking, to be forgiven afterwards and not be punished. They gave me advice and comforted me when I didn't understand what was happening around me and wiped tears away that rolled down my cheeks and wouldn't stop. They stayed by my side, consistently, and for way longer than I care to admit. When I started to acknowledge my imaginary family to myself as an adult, I found myself feeling the loneliness I'd so desperately tried to hide all over again. It was heartbreaking. It made me smile and cry at the same time, because all the comfort, those words of wisdom, the holding of this sacred space hadn't come from the pretend family I'd created in my mind. They'd come from me. There's something within this imaginary family that allowed me to ask myself what I needed and to ultimately meet those needs. And learning that skill at a very young age has set me up to be able to care for myself in a really intuitive and practical way. Being able to give myself this practical sort of love when I've experienced loneliness in my life, has helped me realise that the way we think about and understand loneliness can sometimes make it worse and more isolating. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. First, let me set the scene. It's a Sunday morning in Brighton. Spring finally feels within reach and the day stretches out before me like a lazy cat. I'm 27. 
Most of my friends are scattered across the country and beyond. The idea growing up that we'd live in the same town or even the same street feels impossible now. Friends is on in the background, only making that idea feel even more bittersweet. I have a small but close-knit group of friends who live in Brighton, most of which I've made in the last five years of living here. I sent a couple of texts asking if anyone is free for a coffee later, but I know it's last minute. I live on the third floor of an old Brighton townhouse where you can people watch the street below at the front and get a tiny view of the sea at the back. I open my window to let some air in and the sound of the street below floods my room. Spoons stir sugar into coffee cups as friends gossip about what happened the night before and tired parents grab a coffee to go in between their weekend rituals. I open a dating app only to immediately close it again. I'm still recovering from a date last week that caused me to delete them altogether. I'm single and have been on and off for most of my 20s so far. I feel awkward in my desire for my own company versus longing for connection and I don't have the words yet for the creeping fear of being left behind as my peers start to buy houses, have children and get married. My phone buzzes and lets me know that my friends are busy and my stomach churns slightly as I realise I have a whole day to myself and not much of an idea of how to fill it. I check the cinema listings only to find I've seen the ones I wanted to already and the same goes for the two museums. I could wander into town but I'm trying to save money and jostling between the tourists streaming in from London doesn't seem too appealing. One of my housemates joins me in the kitchen and we make a cup of tea together. She's working today, but we talk about going on a run later if the rain holds off. I met her on spare room a couple of years ago and can't believe my luck. It's like having a sister again. She tells me about a book she's seen on Instagram she thinks I'll like and a plan for my day slowly comes together. Bookshop, coffee walk by the sea, maybe a cosy film in the afternoon and a run later. I need to squeeze in a grocery shop in there too, but the 24-7 Sainsbury's local means I don't have to worry about Sunday hours. It is always open. First thing on my morning commute and late into the depths of sleepless nights. They've started phasing out the cashier for the self-checkout And I wonder who else might miss those random chats like I do. My day passes me by in a soft blur. And by the end of it, I don't know where it went. My head is full of thoughts I haven't said out loud. And I'm secretly happy for work tomorrow to be around people again. I end it at a Hove beachfront on my favourite bench like I often do. Wrapped up in my cosiest jumper. I watch the sun leave the sky slowly, quite unimpressively, behind a bank of grey and threatening clouds. My longing stretches out towards the skyline, and not for the first or the last time that day, I wish I had someone next to me. The thoughts in my head continue to swirl and multiply, and that familiar feeling of disconnect slithers slowly towards me. 
It's a Sunday night in Brighton. Another spring is about to blossom and I feel so desperately lonely it makes my skin crawl. I wish I could go back and sit next to myself on that bench. The loneliness I felt throughout my 20s was like a heartbeat keeping me company. It came in huge waves during weekends when I didn't have any plans. Met me in nightclub toilets when I'd had too much to drink. And sat next to me in boardrooms when I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. There are three things I'd like to say to myself on that bench. And I'm going to share them with you too. Firstly, and most reassuringly, is that even though it's hard to believe, everyone feels like this from time to time. The desire for connection is a human instinct. We need it. It's okay to crave and long for it. When we're lonely, we imagine that everyone else around us isn't, which simply isn't true. Loneliness is part of being human. Try not to compare your fantasy of others with your reality. The scales are tipped. It's never going to add up. And because we don't often talk about it or don't have the nuances in language to accurately put it into words, it can make you feel like it's just you. But my experience is that it isn't. From anxious teenagers to sleep-deprived new parents. From finding your feet in your 20s to finding new routines in your 80s. And the many, many stages of life in between. It's there. Like an old friend checking in to say hi. What's helped me in those moments is to name it and speak it out loud to people I trust. Where I don't have to explain that it's nothing they've done or not done. It's just how I'm feeling disconnected. And in doing so, it's like the feeling dissipates into something much more manageable. Secondly, and this tripped me up a lot in my 20s, but having a romantic partner won't solve this for you. I really wish I could tell myself that because it would save a lot of heartbreak. And of course, I want to acknowledge here that yes, It is so reassuring to have someone who you'll probably be able to make weekend plans with. But in my experience, it didn't ease my loneliness completely. In some cases, it made it worse because I was dating people that didn't really like me for me. Dating in my 20s often felt like I was playing a part. I needed to be someone who people would find attractive and appealing. So I tried to shape myself into something that fit their desires. Over the years, I tried to strike the balance to appear as someone who enjoyed late night drinks, but also Sunday morning walks, who wanted to live in the hustle and bustle of a city, but also aspired to live off grid. As someone whose music tastes encompassed all genres, rather than admitting my Spotify top five always included an original Broadway soundtrack. It was exhausting and left me feeling like I couldn't be my authentic self in order to find love. Which I'm glad to say definitely changed in my 30s. But at the time, it felt like to get the connection I desired, I had to hide certain parts of myself. Which ultimately led me to feeling lonelier and more disconnected than I did to start with. Which leads me on to number three. 
connection comes from within. The truer I felt to myself, the more I allowed space for real connection with others. It starts with you, which isn't always an easy idea to accept. And of course, there are lots of small things to help you tackle loneliness that are to do with others. Like seeing your friends regularly, finding new ways to spend time with people you love, incorporating actions in your everyday that help you feel connected. For me, this is often going to the library, where I can have a low-pressure chat and be surrounded by people without having to socialise. But ultimately, i found the times i felt the loneliest in life are when I felt disconnected from myself. The work has been in learning how to befriend me, getting to know her like I would anyone else. What does she like doing? What makes her feel good? How does she like to communicate? What are her pet peeves? What does she want to do on a daily basis? And what makes her feel better when she's down? And in getting to know myself better, I noticed my friendships deepened too. The more comfortable I got in my own skin, the more I allowed space for others to feel comfortable in theirs in my presence. There's a friend I'm thinking of in particular, who I met just as I was about to turn 30. At first, I was really intimidated and thought there was no way this cool person would want to be friends with me. But I showed up as myself, and in doing so, she did too. Our friendship was a beautiful slow burn as we started to reveal our secret hobbies to each other, share stories of our past and dreams of our futures. And three and a half years later, she's become one of my closest friends. A friendship I know will last a long, long time because it's rooted in being completely ourselves. The optimistic and hopeful, the supportive and caring, the fearful and hurting. It's all there. And I wish I could go back to myself at 27, sitting alone on Hove Seafront and play for her the weekly voice notes we send because she wouldn't quite believe the sense of connection and friendship that came from being truly myself. The more I care for my loneliness and acknowledge its existence and longing within me, the better my relationships become. Whether that's with myself, my friends or my partner. It's something that, like grief, deserves to be cared for as a much-loved part of you. And Simple Pleasures offers me such an intuitive way to do that, which is what I want to use as an exercise for you to take away from this episode. What are the small everyday actions that help you feel connected to those around you and your surroundings? What helps me to identify these is to visualise and scan through the last couple of months and notice the moments where I felt a sense of belonging. For me, that's when I feel completely at peace in a situation. So it can be with friends, on my own, or in my community. And then dig into what it was about these moments that specifically gave me that feeling. When I do this exercise, I notice that the true moments of connection occur when I leave a social situation and feel energized because I've been as authentic as I can be on that day. So what small actions of authenticity can I build into my day-to-day? That sometimes looks like adapting my routine so it fits my mood, 
So not forcing a workout if I feel under the weather or giving myself lots of time to do work tasks if I feel a bit scattered or unfocused. It can look like seeking out moments in my day to day where I can have a real chat with someone, whether via voice note, phone call or in person. If I'm not feeling sociable, I find a great way to still get that sense of connection is to listen to a podcast where I feel a genuine rapport with the hosts. One of my favourites for this is anything hosted by Elizabeth Day. If I'm feeling ungrounded, then for me, connecting with my surroundings can be just as meaningful as connecting with people. Taking myself on a big walk around my suburb has often been just as valuable to me as an hour-long therapy session. Even better when I give myself permission to get lost and explore a new route. Take the next 10 minutes or so and try it for yourself. Start with scanning through the last few months to identify moments where you felt connection. And be open to this being with people, places and activities. And then dig into the specifics. Why did these moments feel so good? Lastly, think about how you can bring that sense of belonging into your everyday. What are some practical, easy things you can add in to give yourself that connection? As ever, I encourage you to write them down so you've got them on hand to action with minimal effort and to let me know how you get on. Loneliness will greet us throughout all our lives, but instead of hiding it away or ignoring its existence, I found that if I welcome it as a friend and care for it the best I know how, it can teach me things about myself and what I need to feel connected to my life and the people in it in the most unexpected and beautiful of ways. So let's talk about it. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys, from hot, buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.